Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Electrofaustist. They are the noisemakers and they make the black fly noise generator. It is it is inter- it's an interesting thing because it's a pedal. It looks like a pedal. It's in a pedal case, but it's only got one jack on it and it's an output. It is I can literally say it is its own instrument. It is not a guitar pedal. It is its own instrument. It has four springs that go across it. It has a piezo pickup inside to pick up any vibration. You can play it like a drum with your fingers. You could tap it with your keys. You could tap it with a pencil eraser. You could really do anything percussive with it. You can strum those strings, scratch the springs, tap the springs, tap the bolts that the springs are attached to. There's a kill switch on it so you can get like hard choppy effects with it. And there's a tone control on it, so you can dial back the highs if you want, or you could push the highs if you want. It's a really fun, expressive instrument in a really non-conventional way. Like, you don't play notes with it, you make noises with it, and uh, I think it's the sort of thing that anyone who does home recording should have around as a noisemaker, as a way of kind of producing interesting effects that normally you might rely on a bank of sound effects to do. But what's the fun in that? You're not playing music to play other people's clips. You're playing music to play music, you know? Make the sound effects with your fingers, with your hands, by yourself. Use the Blackfly. I think it's awesome. Yeah, The Electro Faustus Blackfly is really uh, what you would get if you ever said, hey, I want to take a reverb tank and make it a musical instrument. So <laughs> right, if, you totally. want, if you want to see more, go to electrofaustus.com, head over to youtube.com slash humcast and check out our new demo video and enjoy the show. And you are listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Steve. What's up? Uh, you want to know what's new? Yeah, tell me what's new. I have an accordion. That almost sounded like the Stuff You Should Know theme song. <laughs> That's my best attempt at playing an accordion. Uh, here, we'll try again. So I have been... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to button this up and not use it again for the rest of the show. But I've been gifted an accordion from my wife's uncle. And it is a fancy old Italian accordion that was bought in Italy by his grandpa, apparently. Wow. So I don't know what year it was bought, but obviously it's a family thing. The brand is... I don't even know how to read it. Scandali? Scandali? But it's it's a really fun-looking accordion for sure. I really like the look of it. I've, I'm not really a key player at all, so this is like completely foreign to me. Uh, it's got the million buttons on the backside that I don't know what to do with. I know that the one with the dimple in the middle is, uh, that's your middle C. <laughs> so that's what I know. Are there any markings aside from Scandali, like what model it is or anything? Uh, it has a serial number 699 of four, made in Italy. That's all it says? That's all it says. Whoa, interesting. Uh, Scandali seems like it's a fairly known brand as far as um, higher end accordions go. So there's probably some history sites out there that could tell you a lot more about them. Yeah, I should probably post some pictures around and get some official kind of uh, news on what this is. Yeah. Uh, Even if it's worth a bunch of money, obviously it's a family instrument. And it's not going anywhere for a long time. 
but I'm really excited to mess around with it and play with it. It needs a new strap and it needs a case. I know that. Mm -hmm. But other than that, all the reeds sound like uh, they're in key. Are they called reeds? I'm assuming I don't they know. are. I don't know anything about accordions. Uh, the bellow is in really, really good shape. There's no holes or tears as far as I can see. And it seems to be completely functional. So I have a functional accordion that... Uh, is now in my possession <laughs> and I'm probably going to try to learn some slap, some uh, slow, sad songs on it in the near, fu near future. I'm feeling a little tired and sloppy here. Not because I've been drinking or anything, just feeling kind of worn out from the day, you know, or you keep talking. I'm going to put this thing down on the table. Yep. Uh, so we're getting into the show. Ryan and his stupid accordion ants are trying to get in my beer. Uh, this has been a crazy week. It's just like I'm been a crazy super day too. exhausted right now, but I am excited to be here. I'm excited to record another one of these episodes. I'm excited to drink Coors, the Coors of beer. The Coors of beer. We were joking earlier that what happens if uh, the Coors of beer becomes enough of, enough of a catchphrase that Coors actually adopts it and we become famous just off of that. Well, if Coors adopts it and they don't cut us in, then we're getting lawyers and they're going to cut us in. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. I don't know if you can uh, copyright or trademark something like that. Uh, like yeah. saying... Because it's somebody else's brand. Saying someone else's brand name twice in a row if in a sentence. I could say like if we said, you know, if we had our intro, you know, 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing money, playing, reviewing, breaking podcast. Uh -huh. And somebody else, like if like, I don't know, Premier Guitar, who's starting a podcast... Said, Are they? Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, said Premier Guitar, the guitar buying, selling, breaking, modding, reviewing, playing, uh, whatever podcast. Like, I'm going to be all up on that. Right. I'm lawyer up hard and put print media, whatever. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Oh, Premier Guitar is doing a great job, though. They they have moved into the digital yeah. realm. I read, their, very I read their digital. Yeah. Very effective at continuing on with what they do in this new media world. So I'm not really surprised at all that they're starting to do a podcast. If all, if anything, I hope that they bring legitimacy to what we're doing yeah. and marketability because that's how we make money. And I like money because then I use that money to to uh, to pay for dental bills. <laughs> wow. I know, extravagant stuff. Um, do I have anything new other than the accordion? No. I don't think so. Do you have anything new, Steve? No. We're boring. I got an accordion and you're boring. Pretty much. Uh, if you're interested in the wheel of pedals, uh, we're going to roll that again this Friday. Yep. So get your pedals in. The Strymon Flint is still on the board. Big thanks to the guys at Strymon for sending us the Flint to put on the board. Uh, I got to do a demo with it, which is a lot of fun. And uh, going to make some other content with it. There's a lot of other stuff on the board. Check the Facebook group to see what's on there now. And just make sure you get us your pedals and follow the rules if you want to participate. It's really fun. Everyone who's doing it is having a blast. Uh, and if they aren't, they're not talking about it, which is the way I like it. Yeah. There's probably <laughs> eventually going to be someone who's like secretly... Like butthurt? Butthurt, and he creates a group called 60 Cycle Dumb just to talk trash about us. <laughs> the steal of pedals is yeah. what he'll call the his group. The steal of pedals. <laughs> That's 60, awesome. How 60, how 60 Cycle Hum scammed me out of my favorite pedal and sent me a, a $20 boost. The steal of pedals is what uh, we're going to call it when this board gets like fluke populated with like nothing but like triple digit stuff. Uh-huh. And... We ship everything out that was sent in. This thing's loaded with triple digit stuff. And we just say like, ah, we're tired of doing this. <laughs> we quit. We're done. No more <laughs> Wheel of Pedals. Oh, we just board up the podcast and we're all done. No, podcast can keep going. We just, just won't no, ever talk about it again. Just no more Wheel of Pedals. Everyone like, who mentions it on the Facebook group just gets banned. No. <laughs> Be like, y'all guys, it was just like really like, we just didn't have time to handle all that shipping. Shipping was getting like really expensive. And then they're just like, uh, we paid return shipping, you moron. <laughs> well, I think, you know, obviously we started the wheel rolling with our own pedals. It's in the rules yeah. that we can end it anytime we want. But we'll make sure that the most recent submitted pedals get their run. 
We're not going to hold on to people's submitted pedals. No, no, yeah. People yeah. who send stuff in, they'll get their stuff back. We're yeah. Not, we're we're, we're going to... We started yeah. this with 10 pedals. We will end it with 10 pedals. Eventually, it's going to have to end, no matter what's on there. Uh, I can't say why it's going to end. Probably because we'll just get tired of it. Maybe people stop participating or maybe we need a break for a while and we maybe take, it just it might just get overwhelming. We I don't might know take, why we're talking about. We might this take so a much. month off. I mean, this is only our third time doing this. Why are we talking about ending it? We've only done it twice. Guys, we're gonna end the wheel of pedals. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. All right. Uh let's move on to doing our regular show content stuff. Do we have oh, inner circle stuff. Uh we don't have anyone new in the inner circle, but we still have the perk that if you join the inner circle you get a free month of strings from the gear supply company. Yes. Uh, no, they're just gear supply now. Yeah, it is good for up to $18 worth of strings for yep. your first month subscription, which I think that number is out there to cover the acoustic strings. Uh, it's like a two-pack of acoustics, yeah. I think. No, acoustics are, I think, 12 a piece. Well, I think the, the subscription is like 18 I was looking at it, and oh, I think okay. that's what it is. Uh and I think that's for a two-pack. I could be wrong. I haven't but, looked too closely at the, but, the sub. But basically, the, the reward is a uh, a month of strings from Gear Supply, yep. which is great. And that pretty much pays for your uh, Inner Circle membership in merch or in perks for oh. the first month and a half or so. Something like that. What are first you two months. What are you rambling on about? Whatever. So join if you're cur- if you want strings and you're curious about the inner circle, just give it a try. You know, yep. get your strings. Hey Ryan. Yep. What's the second or sometimes first most popular feature of this show? Uh, it depends on who you ask, but I'd probably say uh, the ads. The ads. Should we get into the ads? Yes. And this first ad was sent to us by Brian Schultz. Sure was. It is. Uh, I'm gonna say. Who makes this after I read the description? Okay. You know you want this tally in your arsenal. Road-worn look. Color is called Sunset. USA American Fender Bridge Pickup. Staggered Al Nickel Poles. GFS Mini Humbucker Neck Pickup. Perloid Pickguard. USA Fender 58 Reissue Bridge. Don't be boring. Be different. You'll get all the ladies. All of the ladies? All of the ladies. I don't think I want all the ladies. This guy's asking $500 for a Jackson Telecaster. You know, uh, he didn't mention the neck in the description. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, basically, this is a Telecaster body, heavily modified, with a Jackson pointy headstock neck on it. Um, I don't know that I'd pay 500 for this, which is what they're asking. Mm-hmm. But there are things about this that I don't hate. There are a lot of things about this that I don't hate. I like the color a lot. It's kind of like that neat pinky coral kind of color. Yeah. He follows through with the color with the uh, truss rod cover on the headstock. Yeah. I actually kind of like the the light relic to it. The paint's kind of rubbed away in places. Mm-hmm. The perloid actually works on this, and I'm not a big fan of perloid. The, the only thing I have trouble getting behind on this is that pointy headstock. I actually kind of don't mind it. I could see myself playing this, but I'm already not a big fan of Telecaster headstocks that are traditional. Right. Uh, but I could probably see myself playing this without imagining too hard. I actually like the pickup configuration too, the mini humbucker and the neck. Yeah, it's a really classy look. Everything about this is really classy. Like I just, something about the headstock body combo, it just doesn't, I think I three hundred dollars like me. this. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, that's this is fair. a three hundred dollar. I like it guitar. Not saying that if it was three hundred dollars that I'd go out and buy right. it. Right, the parts. But that, if I was shopping for a Telecaster, it, this would this would be an option. Yeah, and the parts seem like pretty well thought out. I mean, you kind of have this, this. It's a complete piece. Deluxe Telecaster thing going on with the humbucker, single coil combo and everything. So. Um, it's, this isn't just like a haphazard. No, not at thing. all. Oh, speaking of haphazard things, uh-huh. uh huh. Your old Telecaster showed up on Craigslist recently. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and someone was like, "Is this your Telecaster, Ryan?" That's it. Whoever bought it from me is selling it. Apparently, 
This is Ryan's Telecaster with the Tisco pickup in the neck. Uh huh. Not a gold foil, just some. Was it a gold foil? No, but was, you know, it gives you that sound without the look. Yeah. Um, just a body that was like missing the top top eighth inch of it because yeah. somebody sanded the living daylights out of it. Yeah. I did a pretty rough refinish on it. I did a pretty rough pickup routing job you, in you the did a garden. rough refinish on it and it looked still looked like a thousand times better than what it originally did oh totally totally uh but it's got a lot of character it has a squire neck on it but someone out there bought it they played it for what has it been a year and a half probably it's been a while and yeah, now it's going back on the market which is the way things go well, for four hundred dollars i think i sold that for 325 really yeah jeez but i bought all the parts for like 150 i think right it was really cheap uh but then i did a bunch of work on it and i bought a pickup and the hardware and everything but yeah this this jackson telecaster it kind of reminds me of uh kind of the hair metal telecasters that came out of the 80s there would be telecaster shapes but they would have pointy headstocks and they would have caliber bridges and floyd roses and yeah. stuff yeah and high out but humbuckers but this has your traditional telecaster pickup situation and bridge situation and controls it just also has a neck that i imagine is going to be pretty flat pretty flat radius on that i imagine yeah it's so you got you can really you shred can it. show up to the country gig play and shred it get really hard. speedy with your twang <laughs> steve is throwing stuff at me um, should we move on to the next ad? Cause yeah. I feel like we've covered this the $300 next... like it. That's what I got to say. You ready for this next ad? Uh, is it the, is it this, uh, double ad? This is from Max Hickson free padded bag, sunburst, new six, six string acoustic electric double net guitar, two ninety nine ninety seven. This is from K tone guitars, uh, which is an importer. Uh, this is the perfect guitar for playing on Nazareth covers. Or for playing Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Isn't that Nazareth? Is that Nazareth? Maybe not. Maybe I'm I thought it was a different song. band. Um, I Another guitar that... Oh, sorry. Every Rose Has Its Thorn is Poison. That's right. Uh, is Poison the band that C.C. Davila was in? Uh, I don't know, man. Or was that Cinderella? I can't remember. I think that's Cinderella. Okay. He played a Telecaster that was like a hair metal Telecaster. But anyways, this guitar... Oh, no. C.C. DeVille was in Poison. Oh, Rosie. Well, there you go. There's a connection between this guitar and the last guitar. Um, It's a double neck. One side is acoustic, and one side is basically like a a fat strat. I want to hate this. Nazareth did Love Hurts. There you go. That's the one I was thinking of. It's just a different hair metal ballad. Yeah. Um, I want to hate this so bad, but something in me wants to give it a chance. Mm. I want to hate this so bad, and I don't have anything holding me back from doing so. Is there a pickup in the neck on the acoustic side? No, that's my favorite feature. Oh, you know what? Maybe there is. I think there, there is, is a pickup. There's some kind of there's some kind of pickup hot, there. It looks like a hot rail, but that might just or be, like a covered single. That might just be because whoever took this photo left the silica gel packs yeah. in place. Don't eat those. Don't eat me. Yeah, this, those aren't for food. This, don't eat um me. But something about it, I could see someone getting legitimate use out of this. Like usually like a lot of times double necks are like, okay, this is kind of a novelty. Like you don't really need this, Uh huh. but an actual acoustic attached to an actual electric. I imagine the acoustic side isn't going to sound great. It's probably a, because it's tied to a solid body. Yeah. Brick. And it's also like, did you ever play the, um, strat acoustics? Yeah. Hot flipping garbage. Yeah. Pretty bad. I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're relying on the piezo pickup, to do the heavy lifting for you, then it probably sounds fine on a stage. It's going to sound like an ovation. Yeah, you're right. This guitar sucks. Uh, this is garbage tone. Hashtag garbage tone. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Can. I'm not. I mean, but I want to like it. I want something about it is calling out to me. Yeah. It's called you sick. You're sick in the Maybe head. Maybe it's pity. Maybe I feel pity for <laughs> I it. I feel pity. Uh, K-Tone is it? Like I said earlier, is an import brand. 
they made a base. They make a base that I see every once in a while on eBay. Uh huh. And I'm just like, dude, I want that. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like a acoustic, like a semi semi hollow acoustic bass sort of a thing. Huh. But it's actually a pretty unique shape, um, as far as bases go. Let me see. I, if we can look it up real quick. I, I haven't seen one in a long time. I'll tell you that. But it just it was like a like I said it was like a semi hollow base. I don't remember what the body shape was. Um, it might have almost it might have been like a Telecaster style body. Uh, but it had like dual active soap bar style. I'm seeing one that fits that description, it. but it's a Les Paul shape. Uh, let me take a look at it. Oh yeah, that's the one. Sorry, it's a Les yeah. Paul shape. So I wanted one of those for like a super long time, but I don't think I think they were like 300 bucks, and I didn't 300 bucks want one. Right, that's always the trouble. You know, anyone could hand you one of these things and be like, oh yeah, awesome. It's the buying it that's that's the hurdle, yeah. right? Well, and the thing is, is it's it they're like a knockoff, not a knockoff brand because they're not copying anyone's designs, right? But it's a budget brand. But it's a well, it's just a brand that like I I don't know anything about them. Yeah, and there's no way to learn how the bass plays unless you run into it at a pawn shop. You yep. Know? So, uh, yeah, the double neck. I I guess I can't put my endorsement on that one. Don't buy that. Just buy the acoustic you want and buy the electric you want. This is a bad idea, even for $300. I mean, no part of this is going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to the next ad. You know, what cracks me up sometimes is when the title of the um, ad describes pretty much the exact same thing as the body of the ad. Okay. Schecter C1 Plus electric guitar with coffin case, $420. Includes used, like new, fully functional red black Schecter C plus C1 Plus. Used, like new, fully functional red black coffin case. Levy's nylon purple lightning strap. Price is non-negotiable. <laughs> Cash only, no trades, sold together. Best part of this ad... I love my puppy. It's got a sticker that says, I love my, oh, it says, I heart my, and then there's a picture of a, like a dachshund's head. Yeah. Like how specific do you need to be? Like, uh, I just, just dachshunds. I love my dachshund. But like everything else about this, Schecter C1, red, black coffin case, purple lightning strap. Like this is just $420. This is just begging for to be played in a Megadeth cover band. I love my dachshund. I feel. What do you think about the price? Four twenty. Uh I feel like that's a really hard number to make fun of. I wish it was four sixty nine. There's just not any jokes that go with four twenty. You know. Yeah. Four hundred and twenty dollars. How do you make a joke around? I that? feel like this price, four hundred twenty dollars, is maybe a little high. <laughs> um, I feel like this price is getting a little high. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know. Um, it just, I mean, this is a dope guitar in case setup, but I just, <laughs> what, what was that guy smoking when he thought about that dog sticker? Good question. <laughs> uh, the sticker probably comes off. I don't know what these guitars go for on the used market, but I mean, this, if you can take the sticker off, this is a respectable guitar and a functional case for sure. I mean, maybe you're kind of goth and the coffin thing does it for you. I just thought the coffin stuff was built well. It's just definitely a look that's specific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I kind of want to talk about a little bit is whenever I see these purple lightning straps, <laughs> the thing I think about is my favorite Hot Wheels car when I was a kid that had like the exact same finish on it. Oh that my had gosh. like purple lightning and it was like this dark, like Porsche style car, but that right. thing was so fast. It was my fastest Hot Wheel car. <laughs> so every time I see the strap, I'm like, is the strap like a tribute to that specific Hot Wheels car? Because that's like the memories that come up inside of me when I see it. But that's really off topic, isn't it? Ah, uh, you know. Yeah, but it's. I also kind of look at him like that's kind of tacky. No one needs that look. The lightning strip. The lightning. I mean, that's, you know, 
it's it's the alternate dimension version of hot lick stuff you know like sure oh, it, flames, it's like, kind of a it's kind of a weird thing because well yeah it's trying to get on the whole metallica ride the lightning yeah like aesthetic. oh my my guitar playing is electric it's electric yeah <laughs> um and i think that works like when you do like the i i've always loved like the lightning bolt strap the classic like the yeah, the classic yeah. like uh, single lightning bolt. Exactly, like yeah. it's a black strap with a white lightning bolt on it. Yeah, I think that's like a good visual. I think the problem with this is that like it's basically a photograph that somebody said like, "Hey, let's silk this onto a, yeah onto a strap," whereas like the white lightning strap um, is and is like an is. It, there are design choices that happened with that. You know what? There's would, no design choices that happened with this. You know what would be a a better art theme on the strap for this guitar? What's that? Dachshunds. If this guitar had a strap that had dachshunds all over it, it would be a complete package. This is what this strap needs because it's a dachshund. Is one end of the strap is a head. The other half, oh my God. the other end of the strap oh my is is like the dog butt. You just, the rest of the strap is the dog body. You just invented a strap company, Dachshund Guitar Straps. The head, like one strap side, is shaped like the head of a dog. the The other side is shaped like the tail and butt of a dog with the legs on it, and in between is just brown fur. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh my gosh! Gonna Beautiful. Make, gonna make like ones ones of dollars. You know what else would work is like if you got a strap that had a bunch of hot dogs all over it. Like yeah. that would complete the theme. Um, How much would you pay for this setup? Uh, three hundred. But I, that's me being shysty. Yeah, know? I think if I really wanted a Schecter C one, like a fair price on this with this whole setup, I is guess that's just for the like guitar. Three fifty ish. Yeah. Is is I mean. 420 is not a bad price. Um, it's not obnoxiously high. Yeah. I don't know anything about Nam- You know what he's probably Nampa. saying with that price is that he's probably saying that he's open to some variety of trades. That's actually what I was wondering. Yeah. Like maybe he's uh, looking for something. This um, is a stoner special. Sure. But he does say cash only, no trades sold together. Who knows? And I don't see a winky symbol. He's right. not winking. I mean, you really can't make like all joking aside. You really can't make anything priced for twenty on Craigslist. Can we just put that out there? Four nineteen. Yeah. Four twenty one. Four twenty one. You're set. You do four twenty. People start reading into it. Sure. Sure. Um, I, don't I got know. nothing else. I've to played say. some Schecter guitars. They're not horrible. I think they're great playing they're- guitars. I, li- I like them. They're very much... Uh, they're perfect for modern rock. Sure. They're very much sticky imports. Okay. Um, like You mean like a thick finish? Yeah. And I don't... Like I said, I don't necessarily... That sounds like a negative way to throw it out there. Like, oh, it's a sticky import. I like... I enjoy thicker finishes. Yeah. On uh, a lot of guitars. So. I always... I find... I've gotten so used to playing... Used? <laughs> what are you, Canadian? Uh, I've gotten just so used to playing guitars that don't have neck finishes right or have very like worn neck finishes yeah that um you mean like a fender style finish even not even like a fender style like a satin finish like a raw wood raw wood like both of my telecaster style guitars are raw wood if it's sticky it's because it's tree sap pretty much (laughs) um that and this goes back like that was the one comment I made I think when we demoed the Starla is like I'm just not used to like that style style finish. of finish on the neck of a guitar. I think your Hallmark has like that kind of a thing going on uh, a little bit, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's pretty glossy. Also, the the Hamer is pretty glossy. Yeah, um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. And, no. and honestly, like and the SG is a painted neck. Yeah, I no, know it's not. No, no it's your not. your SG isn't. Right. I know a lot of people don't like painted necks. I was always pretty ambivalent about it until like the Starla just because, and, and it's just because of what I've gotten sure. used to. I actually, you mentioned the satin neck. I Fender um, was doing like satin, uh, like a satin series where they were doing like intentionally satinized necks uh-huh. and satinized body. And, and I actually really hated those. Really? Um, I hated the satin necks. I don't hate satin bodies. I'm not, I, I haven't seen a satin 
finished guitar where I was like, oh, that's great. Right. Um, there are some guitars that I'm I'm excluding from this, like the Gibson Les Paul faded stuff. Right. I wouldn't really call that like a satinized finish the way I'm thinking of it. Uh, I'm just more talking about finishes that they look like they should be glossy, but then somebody forgot to put the top coat on. Right, right. Like that stuff always, I don't know. Anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with Schecter. Um, I've played their stuff. The C1 Plus uses Duncan designed pickups, uh, I believe. Um, yeah. All so their, it's pretty solid. I think all their stuff, unless you get into the some stuff th- above that. So the C1 Classic used re- Seymour Duncan USAs. Does it? Um, I can't remember if it's the C1 Plus or the C1 Elite is where the separation is. But the Classic uses USAs. Huh. Um, and then either, I think either. I thought the, it was all Duncan design. No, the, the, their higher end stuff, they use USAs. Okay. Um, once you get down like under 500 bucks with Schecter, it's all Duncan design. Right. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. But you get into more hit or miss territory. Yeah, that's my there. main criticism of Duncan design is that sometimes they're they're really great. And every now and then you hit a dud and you're like, yeah. oh, why is this such garbage? Yeah. You know, but when they're when they're great, they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a standard PAF that will sound pre- pretty decent and have a pretty normal output. But every now and then you get one that's just kind of muddy and doesn't have definition, you know. So that's my uh, my criticism of Duncan Design. But you know what? If you get a guitar that's got one, it's really easy to swap pickups. So go ahead and do it. Yep. Don't ever. I would say don't ever turn down a guitar you you really want because it plays nice because you don't like the pickups. You can swap pickups and get pickups that you like for sure. Um, I don't know how we got on this after looking at a picture of a guitar with a dog on it. I know. Woof, woof. Uh, should we tackle the topic? Do let's we have anything else to talk about? Oh, everyone should go check out 60cyclehumcast.com. We have a website now. We post all the episodes and all the videos there. If you are a builder or someone in the instrument industry that wants to market through the podcast, you can find our contact information there. And our marketing information there. So you can see what we charge for our various services. Yep. Um, and we are affordable. And podcast marketing is pretty powerful, in my opinion. Uh, Electrofaustus agrees with that. And Barefoot Buttons agrees with that. As well as many other brands. So why not? And did I'm, you just do a commercial? I just did a commercial for our marketing services. Because I want to make some sweet, sweet money to pay <laughs> uh, for dental bills that All right. apparently I'm going to have this week's question. <laughs> this week's question was sent in, uh, to the Facebook when Ryan said, Hey guys, uh, I need topics. Yep. Um, it's from Austin Valley. He says, say, let's say you want to build a pedal board, but you don't have a ton of money to buy it all at once. What would you start with power supply, the actual board pedals? I already have a board, etc. So this isn't for me, but I thought it would be interesting. I think this is a really interesting, concept to think about we've done all sorts of oh what would you do if you had five hundred dollars what would you do if you had two thousand dollars what would last week we did what would you do to build a genre specific board for modern rock what would you do for klondike bar yeah i would do so much for a klondike bar right now like yeah you would i would just murder someone for a oh my gosh um especially when ones with like the toffee and the chocolate those are the best let me tell you the first thing i would do Uh uh-huh is uh, I would buy a salvage custom board. Oh my gosh. And you would pay him to load it with all the hippest pedals. No, I would just, because we're only buying one thing at a time, so I would just buy the board. i start taking out all the shows I play. And it would just be like, people <laughs> be like, what is that? And be like, it's my pedal board. Yeah. People be like, why? I'm like, um, obviously tone woods. Yeah, yeah. It's going to make me sound um, better. It's going to make me sound better. Unicorn glue. Yep. Um, and, uh, and we just go from there. So that would be step one. Well, I was thinking what we could step two would be like 20 patch cables. I would just put those on the board, only the highest quality patch cables. Uh, <laughs> just put them directly on the board. Yeah. Just, I don't need to patch anything. And then yet. get a power supply. <laughs> uh, and you're, you're, then you need to buy Velcro for the bottom of your pedals. And once you've done that now, Finally, you're ready to buy pedals. No, now you can oh. buy a premium braided power cord. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know first things first. And now finally, uh, you should probably replace the rubber feet on the pedal board because they're just not quite what you like. 
<laughs> we're, we're joking and we're doing it all backwards and kind of making a lampoon of it. But what I was thinking we could do is kind of go through how our own pedal boards and pedal collections kind of develop. Sure. Cause I think there's this, all this pressure these days, especially on in the online communities, groups and forums, whatnot, like, Oh, what's your board? Like what's on your board? How are you building your board? What are you using as your board? You know, this and that we don't start that way. My you first... shouldn't start that way. Most, most, you should not like learn to play guitar and then be like, now I got to build a board. I mean, go select 10 pedals and a board to fit them on and do all this stuff. You're supposed to start from square one. You know, like there's you go ahead. Yeah, there. I feel like there's like two approaches. One approach is I'm going to save up a thousand dollars or whatever. Uh And then I'm going to go online and do a bunch of research and get a bunch of other people's opinions. And I'll, you know, I'll go to the guitar store and try stuff out and whatever. And I'm going to buy, you know, five pedals and a pedal train and a Voodoo Labs. Right. And that's going to be my first board. And, I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. I mean, anything you do is fine because it's your stuff and it's your money. And that's fine. I'm what The message I'm trying to get across is, like, don't feel pressured to go spend a bunch of money just because you're seeing what everyone else has. The, the first board, the first... The whole reason I got into effects in the first place, uh-huh. I had a Crate GFX 15, which was the effects DSP effects version of the Crate GX 15. Uh huh. Hundred dollar garbage amp. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. It was a Hashtag cool bed- garbage tone. It was a cool uh, bedroom amp and whatever. But you know, again, whatever. Uh huh. Um, and I got into pedals because I was like, oh, I really like the delay setting on this. I really like the reverb setting. Right. I like these different settings, but. I wish I could just turn them on and off. Yeah. Same thing like, oh, I like the drive sound, but I, I, I want to be able to turn it on and off without having to bend over and push the button. I was right. like, I actually used that amp uh, in church <laughs> and like, I would like be playing the song and then right before I'd get to like, like a heavier part, I guess uh-huh. I would like bend over and hit the distortion button nice. and then play the next part. Um, But like my first board was a, uh, Dan Electro made these purple cases that uh-huh. you put the food series pedals in. And I had one of those like with five, I think they fit five pedals or whatever. Uh-huh. I had a Dan Electro power supply that powered the whole thing. So I had the power supply and like a daisy chain with it. So I kind of like jumped into it, but I jumped in with like very cheap stuff because yeah. I was like 17, 18 years old, something like that. Like I didn't have a job or anything. I just had money that I had saved up from odds and ends. Um, I think if I were to start over now, and honestly, like I think about this a, a decent amount. Like I look. You ever back, think about just throwing your whole board in the garbage and starting <laughs> yeah, over? Yeah. Hashtag garbage tone. <laughs> um, I do actually. I do every once in a while. Like I look at my board. I look at what's on my board. I look at what's in my box of like just random pedals. And you I say, just, "Hey, I just think about what's going on. What's going on." Um, I just think about <laughs> listing them all on Craigslist and just starting and over. just starting over. And I don't, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I would keep the, I think I would keep my board. Right. But, um, as far as like going one by one, like at the one, on the one hand, like it's kind of like this daunting yeah, thing of like, oh. but then so much of the fun and the point I want to make. So much of the fun is researching and exploring and experimenting with things. Sure. And once you hit, you know, it's kind of like if you're playing a video game and you get all the way through it, you've mastered the video game and there's the option to just completely wipe everything out and start Mm -hmm. over and maybe play the game in a different way. That's attractive once you've played the game all the way through. Sure. hundred percented it, you know? Well, and that's a lot of, uh, that's the thing. It goes back to like you mentioned games like Final Fantasy. I, I've kind of done like Diablo two. Well, I used to play Diablo two a ton. Uh-huh. I did that this uh, for at least a couple different things. Is you know, certain games you have like character classes. So. Right, right. And sometimes how pedal deep board, are we going to get into this? Sometimes pedal board building is like that though, where it's like right. okay, this board was really good for like this sound, but I think I just want like a completely different sound now. Sure. And the only way for me to achieve that is like 
or at least the simplest way for me to think about it isn't I've got a tube screamer. How do I need to readjust this tube screamer to be a totally different style of music? Yeah. It's maybe I should just ditch the tube screamer I have and start looking at the big picture of the overdrive world again. Sure. Sure. Um, so all this to say, like I am a huge advocate online and with everything else of only buying effects as you say, Hey, um, I think I need this type of right. And a lot of people I see go out and say, one of the biggest questions I see in the circles that we run in is always, there's a hole in my board. There's a hole. There's a hole in my board. What do I get? Or I've got X dollars. What are the four pedals that is what again, our, our, our big, I guess, genre is is the church musicians sure right the pra- praise that's and worship a, that's people the, the scene that both and you and i travel in together right but then we yeah. both have our own individual tra- it, exactly channels, so. exactly uh but our the, point of reference but what i see a lot in in like the church circles is oh i got 500 bucks what four pedals should i buy or whatever right and it's like well you've got a guitar you've got an amp what do you think you're missing yeah you're missing out on the the, the fun of it like don't do what other people tell you like like this is, it's kind of like problem solving. It's like a puzzle, you know. It's like it, it's such a weird thing to me. Like I'm, a, you need to answer the question for yourself. Yeah. You need a soul search. I'm a, I'm kind of like a, I, I feel like amp wise, I usually try to set like a clean, maybe edge of breakup, but I don't shoot for like the edge edge of breakup where it's like you're there and you roll it off. I shoot for where uh, it's clean. Unless I'm just like starting to like just right. really dig in, right? Well, let's let's get back to the soul of the question. That's where I'm going. Oh, okay, okay. Get to so, the soul, Steve. Take so me there. What where I was going is like this situation is so different. I look at like what can I do with no effects? And I say, Well, what effects do I want to add on to this? So maybe like if overdrive is what you want, then you start looking at overdrives or whatever. But I think that's the starting point that everyone should be striving to start from is isn't what do I need? What, what, like, oh, what should I get versus right. what do I need to achieve the sound that's in my head? Well, I don't think it needs to be completely pragmatic. It doesn't have to be based on needs. You can buy stuff s- strictly off of curiosity. Right. But like, I'm saying if you're starting from ground zero sure, sure. and your first pedal is, you know, the Electro Faustus guitar Dameron. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting first pedal for that sure. That could be like, exactly what you need it could shape your entire musical career um but you know don't just buy it because we told you to buy it because you want to make crazy noises yeah yeah um well let me let me go through kind of how my pedal board building experience has gone through my life like the the first time i ever bought a pedal zoom 505 no uh i bought a boss ph2 phaser not because I needed oh, a phaser because it was green or wanted a phaser or even knew what a phaser did, but because I was a pawn, I was at a pawn shop. I didn't have any guitar pedals. It was $40 and I had $40 and I was curious to mess around with pedals. That's strictly the only reason why I bought that pedal. I didn't do any research. I didn't know anything about it. I just, I was just curious. So I bought my first pedal and I was like, wow, this is interesting. I wonder what other pedals can do. And that kind of started me down the road of thinking about pedals and exploring pedals. I think I collected pedals for probably a decade before I actually had a board, like a sure board. I just had a lot of random pedals around and depending on what kind of gig I was playing or what I was, what friends I was going to go jam with, I would grab the three pedals I thought I would need I would daisy chain them on the floor. I bought a power supply. I could daisy chain. Mm-hmm. So these are the beginnings. You kind of have to like, if you're starting from ground zero, you kind of have to just evolve this throughout your life. What I'm saying is don't go out and buy your pedal board kit. Like, oh, I got my 10 pedals that everyone says I need and the power supply and the board. Grow it through your musical evolution and experience. Right. Uh, whether, and you can do whatever you want. If you want to buy the kit, that's fine. But I'm saying grow with it. Don't expect to buy a bunch of pedals and be done or have them be the best pedals. They might be what other people call the best pedals, but they might not be the best for you. It's all about a journey. It's all about discovering your own sounds. It's all about exploring what is available 
to you as a sound and it's an adventure, you know? And then it's like, as far as boards and power supplies and cables and stuff go like that, just get, you know, what you can afford when you need it and don't stress about it. Like if you're, if you're spending time, like really wringing your hands over patch cables, ask yourself if you're having fun. If you're not having fun, then don't, don't worry about it. You know? Um, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely an exploration aspect. There's definitely like a fun aspect of that exploration. And yeah, if you're not enjoying it and honestly, that's like part of why, like sometimes I think about just getting rid of everything. Sure. Starting all over is just, to, to, explore re, again. to restart the system. Um, but there's, there is very much like uh, an idea of, of, you know, people just want to go all in from the very beginning. Well, I, th- I and, think and some people like get on such like a tone chase that sometimes like people I talk to, I wonder if they're actually like trying to get good tone or if they're just trying to get like, uh, everyone to give like a unanimous thumbs up. Right. On the internet. I think there are people who I see it all the time. People like, I'm not even going to post my board here. Cause you guys are going to make fun of it. Like they're afraid that their board's not going to be up to snuff to people's standards. Those are the boards I want to see. Yeah. It's like the board that is a collection of oddballs. That's what's interesting to me. Sure. Um, but I think there's a mentality in certain, social circles online and other places like oh you want a delay you've got to have one of these five delays oh you want to have a drive you got to have one of these kinds of drives you know you want you want to have this and that these are these are the best oh you oh you have those kinds of patch cables i think some people do get self-conscious about these things and i just i just think you know like if that's how you feel i think maybe you need to take a step back and look at what we're actually doing here with music and just kind of relax a little bit. I think, um, I think I would say if you're starting out, think no more than three steps ahead of where you're at. Sure. And what I mean by that is, if you're gonna buy, don't think about the end. Right. If you're if you're if you're thinking like, oh, okay, like I'd really like this sound when I play guitar. I'd like to add this in. What do I need? So look for that pedal. And then while you're looking for that pedal, also think like, okay, you get the, okay, you get this pedal. Say, say you've, you've got, no matter what pedal you get, you have to have a a way to connect it to the rest of your signal and you have to have a way to power it. Right. So So that's that's what I'm saying. So, so, okay. So I'm, I'm going out to get a pedal. I just want like a second type of drive pedal. So I'm not getting something that's particularly, uh, high power consumer right so that's where i got to think a step ahead like okay i'm going to get this pedal say i'm going to get a boss sd1 or sure. you know a, a tube screamer something straightforward simple so i get this pedal you can probably throw a battery in a tube screamer and it's going to last like six months eight months i don't know it's going to last a while it depends on if you leave it plugged in sure if yeah. you leave it plugged in it's going to last a week yeah um if you put a battery in a delay you've got half an hour yeah uh, <laughs> but but so that's the thing is like you get that if you're thinking like okay as soon as you add on a second power, a second pedal, now you have to power two pedals. Do you want to do both of them off a of battery? Um, if you're thinking like eventually, like maybe I'll build up a big board. I don't know. Then that I think you have to think about something like a power supply pretty early on. Sure, I think you know I can wholeheartedly recommend the you know the uh, the one spot. Yeah, as a go to for. Powering most pedals. Yeah, or you jump on you, you daisy chain them. You jump on Amazon. You're all set. Um, you know the one spot, the full one spot kit or the full Godlike kit is like thirty bucks. Right. So maybe you spend a little bit more and you get like the K line slash Joyo stuff, uh, which has similar functionality plus some higher, uh, some higher power options. Um, and that's gonna keep hold you over for a while because you've got one pedal. And that's the thing is the nice thing about the one spot is you got one pedal, you have a power supply, you plug it right in. As you yeah. add on, you get a daisy chain, you add on. Yeah. The K line or the Joyo pretty much like demands from the get go that you have a board. A board. Yeah. Um, now the board that I use is just a shelf from IKEA that I cut up. 
there's actually one of the things that is kind of neat to see online is the number of people who are like, I was in Walmart today and I saw these wooden shelves for like 15 bucks a piece. And all I could think of was, huh, I could turn that into a pedal board. Right. So there are options out there. Like I'm a huge pedal train fan. Uh-huh. I went away from pedal train just because I wanted to do something different. And that's the Gorm, like I, the Gorm yeah. board from Ikea. Well, pedal trains are a, a completely solid option. It's yeah. A, it's a brilliant design and, and people make great use of it. Uh, so, so there's things like that. Uh, I think starting out when you've got like three pedals. Yeah. Uh, I would say like three pedals is probably the minimum point at which you say, maybe I should get a pedal board. And even at three pedals, you go. Yeah. If you to, have two pedals, don't even bother. Yeah. Cause it, one it, of those should be a tuner at three pedals. You go to home Depot, you go to the scrap wood section and you yeah. say, Hey man, uh, how much for this, uh, six inch wide uh foot long piece of scrap plywood right right and then you go to uh you go the, buy you go you go grab to a, a pallet and you pull a piece of wood yeah. off a pallet you go to the furnishing set section and you get four rubber feet and you drill that onto the bottom of your board right. and of your you know your uh plank your fence your fence board or whatever um and and you've got a pedal board yeah so there are some really like simple starter things out there to going uh, that's why I said like, oh, think like three steps ahead. Sure, sure. You know, you've got your pedal. So if you're thinking about buying a pedal, maybe your next two steps are, how am I going to power this? And do I want more pedals? Yeah. So if you want to, if you want more pedals, then you're going to need more power. And then eventually maybe you need a board. If you're going to spend like $200 on a board and you've got one pedal, you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, you if you don't if you haven't found a need for having a bunch of pedals in your life yet, don't go all willy nilly and get a bunch of stuff all at once and go on pedal board planner and figure out which fifteen pedals you need and which buffer you need and which you know patch cables you need before you even bought anything. Like I'm just saying, grow it organically. You know. Well, and that's the thing that like I. There are people who do this and I get where they're coming from because they're looking for something specific and they've tried like hundreds of pedals already or whatever. Like they've tried like, I I guess I could say that if I started a new music project and I knew that I knew I needed completely new gear for it, then I could sit down and make like a list of everything that I needed and plan it all out. And I'd, you know, I'd have a budget in mind and buy the 10 pedals I needed for my new uh, uh, modern rock band, I guess, you know, right. and, or and, my new my new wave or electro pop band or something. Right. And again, like that's the difference between coming at it with like some semblance of an idea of what you want to do um, and just going at it like blind, like, right. you know, it's it's there are people out there who pay companies to completely build a board completely build the board itself and then select every pedal and do all the patch cable and all the power handling and everything and they deliver a finished product and they said this is your board and it's all made to fit right and this is going to be your sound now right and there's people who pay for that and it's just i don't understand the attraction to that because that's not how i approach uh my tone journey i guess sure I cycled Hashtag tone ner- tone journey. Oh my gosh. Um, I cycled, you know, like I said, the first pedals that I had were those Dan Electro food pedals. Uh-huh. Um, and eventually like I started kind of like building my own board. Uh, so I had that. And then I kind of started getting, I, then I started getting pedals that weren't Dan Electro pedals. So I had to like, yeah, move. And those don't fit on the yeah. Dan Electro board. Then I had to like figure out something else. So for, for a really long time, actually, um, Oh, I tried the pegboard thing for a while. That was a disaster. Peg, yeah. Pegboard and zip ties. No Whew. fun. No uh, fun. That right? was, that was rough. Um, so I took that stuff off. Well, basically I took a pegboard, put a bunch of pedals on it with zip ties I put it in like a giant suitcase. The suitcase fell apart. Yeah. Because it was like some old suitcase from like a thrift store or something. Uh, that works really well for some people. It didn't work very well for me. It was also just hideous because I would open the thing up and then I would, I wanted to like leave my pedals in the suitcase. Uh-huh. Well, I think I had like 
somehow like affixed the pedal board to the suitcase. So I'd be sitting there on the stage with like the suitcase like just flipped open. It yeah. was just like a total eyesore. Um, so eventually like I just went back to having a signal chain that I knew worked for me and I just left it plugged in all the time. Right. And I would like just lift it in and out of a box and I would cut, I would like hold the first pedal of my chain and it would just like, do, 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 do. like it, <laughs> it was a literal chain. It was like, pedals. it was like Christmas lights. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I did that. I think I probably had like maybe as many as eight pedals. Yeah. Like that. It was a disaster. Yeah. Um, when I got my pedal train two. That was like a huge game changer. But again, like I pretty much was, I had all the pedals to like fill that board uh, when I got to that point. Uh, I definitely like after the down electro thing, I was definitely like adding pedals one by one. Right. Like I, maybe I'd pull the delay off and like from my down electro thing and I already was using that and I was just pulling from different places. But the whole idea of like, oh, you got to get this and you got to get that like, it's it's not real. Yeah, it's, no. It's pe- there's there's and there's just not the value based in it because it's not based on your personal experience as a musician. I mean, I, I guess I'm having the same critique against doing what other people suggest or trying to fit with the fads that some people would have against relics guitars. Like, sure, that's it's not an expression of your musical experience. Yeah, there's no, I don't. I don't think there's anything bad with asking for other people's opinions on sure. something, but you know, when somebody says, Oh, Hey, you should get this pedal. It's the best. Like maybe make I sure know. it fits your taste. You I don't know? feel like I use a lot of pedals even now that people are like, Oh, that pedal's the best. Well, that's not true. I used to kill a bite and I use the Timmy. Yeah. Those are two pedals that are like pretty well recognized. Yeah. Um, but if stuff works for you, like that's, oh, totally. that's awesome. And just enjoy the journey. Yeah. You know, that, I think that's my main point is have fun, have an experience, explore this stuff. Most of it, if you buy it used, you can get your money back when you sell it. Yeah. That's part of the fun. That's what this whole show is about. Basically is this stupid little tone journey. We're on hashtag tone hashtag journey. tone journey. It's that is like everything I hate about guitar culture oh tone journey yeah <laughs> but it's you know it's the truth like that's what we're doing you know is we're exploring our craft and our art hashtag the craft hashtag tone craft tone craft tone craft is a brand that yeah we've supported yeah which makes an actually a really great product i don't uh, did we answer that question <laughs> i think so i it wasn't even really about answering it it was about us discussing it Right. And isn't that the sort of the same thing? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh let's uh let's thank our sponsor again. Yeah. Electrofaustus. Electrofaustus.com. Really love the black fly. If you like to make noises that aren't necessarily guitar noises, if you like to record stuff, I think this is a no brainer. Uh can you pull up the price, Steve? For the black fly? Yeah. Sure. Uh it's relatively affordable. Uh, like I said, if you have a home studio, if you have a regular studio, this is just a tool you've got to have around because there's, you'll see in the video, there's just a really amazing range of sounds you can make with it, especially once you start connecting it with other effects and other kind of musical tools. It, I'm a big fan of connecting it to like an envelope filter and uh you know delays and reverbs it's fun with drives it's just it's just good clean fun get it and let your kids play with it it's a fun thing for kids to play with and to explore pedals and they might not know how to play a guitar but they can play with this and make noises for sure yeah, the electro faustus black fly is 159.95 plus shipping you can i believe buy it direct uh-huh. from uh, electrofaustus.com it's really simple. It's really cool. For 159 the, the, bucks. The like, coolest feature that I found that we've talked about before when we did our NAM recap was, you know, we're sitting there like, oh, you can scratch it. You can flick it. You can tap it. Then I bent over and I started yelling. Yeah, you can sing into it. At the springs. Yeah. And just talking and doing vocal things. And all of a sudden, it's like running your voice through a microphonic pickup. Yeah. Through a giant reverb generator. It's just, it's 
an endless creativity tool. If you're looking for something to break you out of a rut, this is like totally an awesome thing. If you're looking for something to make noises, interesting sounds for your recordings, this is it. For an interesting stage tool, like there's in Dinosaur Ghosts, there's a song where we have like a two minute breakdown where we literally just make noises and I'm planning on busting this thing out and getting crazy with it. So yeah, I can't say enough good things about Electro Faustus. They are taking pedals as a format into a completely different direction and I just love them for doing it. So I'm a big fan of what they're doing. I hope they get a lot of value out of our marketing for the show because I want to see them uh, continue to grow and expand for sure. Um, yep. It's a, uh, a brave new world of, of electronic instruments out there and they're filling a niche for sure. Uh, you want to talk about the song, Steve? Yep. This song was sent to us by Tyson Brennicombe. He says, Hey guys, found the podcast a few weeks ago and I've been binge listening through them all. Really loving it. thought I would send you a song for consideration. Uh, this is a song he recorded for his solo album called Cassio Fiasco. It's got a... <laughs> That's this, an awesome name. This song has lots of Mastatron, Fuzz Factory, and some Brian Mayish harmonies. You can check out more of his stuff at TysonMakesMusic.BandCamp.com. Um, the song is called Wrong Crowd. It's really interesting. Like It's kind of definitely like it's got that really in-your-face like fuzz thing going on. But then uh-huh. there are some like really like classic rock kind of things going on uh both with like the guitar work and the vocals um if you want to send a song to us and i recommend that you do because uh our backlog is getting shorter and shorter Uh um you can send us your song at 60 cycle humcast at gmail.com uh just throw on like a mp3 or some other simple file it doesn't need to be like full lossless audio quality. Right. Just throw it on there. Yeah, MP3, please. Uh, this is getting bumped down to podcast quality. So uh, whatever quality you thought was great about your track, it's going to be gone yep. when you hear it on this show. That's for sure. Because we uh, this, in, this show's an hour long usually, and we try to save some data space because things can get pretty crazy when you're downloading this stuff over your phone. And sure, we could make this a uh, a gigabyte of data but who wants that as a podcast nobody yeah nobody all right guys uh i had a lot of fun on the show yeah a lot of me fun too. in this episode it's been a fun night a long night uh with all this contest stuff uh i'm sure with the flint on there things are going to be crazy until it's gone we're going to get a lot of submissions until it's gone and also the other high value stuff that's on there um but I am looking forward to it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, people are really excited about this contest. And it's just really great to do a contest that has immediate results. Mm-hmm. No more of this waiting six months for <laughs> us to get enough YouTube subscribers or whatever. Instagram you know, followers. Or reviews on iTunes, which did nothing for us. Uh, Twitter you know. friends. Oh, I never want to do a Twitter contest. Our next contest, contest will be um, when we when we get uh 10,000 members to the Facebook group. Oh my gosh. The contest. We just crested over a thousand. Yeah. The, the contest will be, um, I don't know something terrible, right? Hunt us down and kill us. Cause 10,000 members is too much to deal we'll, with. We'll need some more mods. Yeah. We'll have to actually have rules and stuff. All right, play this freaking song, dude. All right, guys. Great show. See you next week. Sorry. Sorry we got all weird at the end. Mm.